Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve, and you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, I see in our opener you added something about the case of the crazy edits. Last week you had the case of the surprise kid. This week you have the case of the crazy edits. Am I going to have to start calling you Dustlock Holmes? Dustlock Holmes, you. Reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> so, Mr. Holmes, uh, what's the case of the crazy edits? Uh, yeah, this actually just happened today, literally right before we started recording. Uh, so I figured it was worth chatting about, getting your take on it. Um, we do this thing in order to keep our turnaround time uh, just really fast, as fast as possible. Um, we do what we call like a general overall edit, which is what I think 90% of photographers do. Um, we don't go in, we don't remove pimples. We're not, you know, removing stray hairs unless they're like really, really noticeable. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you know, we're just kind of giving like a glo what I call a global edit, um, in Lightroom using all the tweaks and stuff that you can do in there. You're just tweaking? Tweaking it up. Hardcore tweaking. We send the we send the client a web gallery uh, for their approval. And then we send them a little, you know, thing that says, hey, this is your opportunity. If you would like any additional edits or changes, you know, let us know before we send you a link to download all of these. And all of my years, and I've been doing this, Steve, for probably 11, I think going on 11 years this year, Whoa, 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 whoa. Congratulations. 10 years. That's a full decade of this, buddy. You should be I proud know. of yourself. Let's celebrate. First wedding was in 2007. That's when I graduated from college. I know, you old man, you. Yeah. But yeah, so I always do this and I never, every now and then I'll have a bride that's just like, oh, hey, can you make this black and white in color? Or, you know, can you do this or that, but it's all like such simple, easy, like one, you know, one step things. But tonight I got a page long email back from an engagement session and every single edit was, can you fix the color balance? Can you fix the color balance? Can you fix the color balance? Dustin, why didn't you get your color balance right when you were shooting? Well, and then was, why didn't you get your color balance right when you were editing if you missed it while you were shooting? My, no, the color balance is fine. Every Everything's color calibrated on my end. And so that's what I had to go through. And then they send them like a paragraph email on, you know, the device they might be looking at might not be correct. Um, and then I need a little bit more explanation. Like, are you, are you not liking it because it's, is it too warm? Is it too cool? Saying that you don't like the color balance doesn't give me a direction that you want me to take it in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I had to further educate them, but I've never, I've never had to do that before. I've never had a client that's really just gotten super nitty gritty. Um, they were, you know, they wanted like the green, the hues of green in one photo shifted to be a little bit more blue than green. And I was like, just getting into like some real finite level editing detail. And I was just like, whoa. Is this client a colorist? They are not a colorist. They are not a photographer. Not even in the arts arena. What does this client do? She is like a human public service person. She worked for like the uh, EPA before Trump got elected and let everyone go. Oh, so she's real familiar with those green colors then. She, he's just like a mechanical engineer or something like that. Is it possible she has that uh, that superpower where she actually sees more colors than other people? 
that a real thing? Yeah, there's people who have um, better eyesight and uh, not like better than 2020 vision. Well, I mean, that's a thing too, but like they have better eyesight in the fact that they can see um, colors better than other people. So they can differentiate between different colors and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Maybe she that maybe that she's one of those people. Maybe. Maybe we just discovered her secret power. Her superpower. Maybe she should go work for like a paint company now where she'll help study and analyze paint chips. This this blue, it looks like maybe a beetle fell in while you were mixing it. Got a little bit of brown in there. <laughs> I can see that brown. Quality control. Yeah, it was just it was just kind of caught me off guard because I was really pleased with how the photos came out. And um, I thought I over-delivered and, you know, gave them way above and beyond what I thought they were expecting. And it was... So you under-promised initially. Always under-promise, over-deliver, Steve. It's a way to... Way to did you under-promise or did you just promise? Uh, just kind of... I actually really don't say anything. There is no promise. I like there to start nothing. out every single session with a pinky promise. little blood promise? Yeah. A little... Yeah. I don't think you're weird when you break out the knife, slit open the pinky and say, shake my pinky. Yeah, no, uh, that's pretty normal, standard down here in Indianapolis. I don't know how they do it up in Fort Wayne. Maybe people aren't as trusting up there. Have you had any case of like people wanting like any additional or like really just like insanity list editing? As somebody who runs an editing company with his wife, I will decline to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, but like from your brides, I'm, let's let's put your clients aside. Give, give me a little meat, a little meat on the bone. We've had clients come back and request different sorts of changes and stuff, but nothing like what you're talking about. This, that sounds pretty crazy. I mean, like I've had someone be like, you know, hey, can you like fix my hair? I had a I had a wedding engagement session, I mean, last week where she liked the way they looked in one photo, but liked the location of another photo. And wanted their bodies moved no. from photo A to photo no, no, B. No, 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 no. You said no to that, right? Of course not. I didn't say no. I said anything is possible, but it's going to cost you more than I think it'll be worth for you to have. And I think it will look completely fake because the reason I think you like photo A is because the sun is coming in from behind you. And so you have this nice glow and this backlight happening. But in photo B, you're against this beautiful gold door. And so, you know, you want the gold door, but it's going to look weird when there's light coming from behind you, but there's a wall behind you. <laughs> yeah. So we did have one crazy edit request, not from a client. Uh, we shot photos for one of our clients who was a firefighter. And our neighbor behind us is also a firefighter. And unbeknownst to us, he actually worked at the um, same, oh shoot, what's it called? Firehouse? It's the same firehouse uh, as yeah, our yes. client. And he was not at the wedding. And he said, just like in passing to Jen, it would be real funny if uh, <laughs> if you Photoshop me into a few other photos and just delivered that to them. Um, so <laughs> one day while we were editing he just got a suit on jen took some photos of our neighbor and then she photoshopped him into a few of the photos <laughs> and delivered them and uh the clients got a big kick out of it they thought it was really funny so it was it was one of those things where we kind of had to feel it out before uh we did it just to make sure and we i mean we delivered them the photos without him as well like oh that's no fun yeah so have you ever have you ever gotten any um 
people wanting to jump on like the whole like dinosaur running behind them no bandwagon no oh oh i've been down that train my friend i've done that photo i think two or three times now i would love to do that i think those photos are really really corny but kind of fun it's always fun trying to explain because you, you have to remind yourself when you're doing them that the bride and groom have told you they want this photo, but probably chances are have not told the rest of their bridal party. And so when you're trying to take them and pose them and organize them, just be like, oh, that's right. I need to tell you, look like a dinosaur is chasing you. They're like, wait, what? I don't get it. Do you want to do understand. like a group talk with everybody and then be like, all right, I need you in these positions. And then you're all going to start running. With a very terrified look on your face. I mean, have you seen the photo we did? And uh, it, there's two T-Rexes coming at them. Yeah, you showed me that one. Poor bridesmaid in a wheelchair. And every time I see that photo, I just feel so bad for her. Like someone's going to just let her go. They're going to just let that wheelchair go. Nobody was pushing her? Oh, I think someone was. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, as a photographer, it's your job <laughs> to look out for the person in the wheelchair. It's, it's my job to make sure she doesn't get eaten alive. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that T-Rex could have just gobbled her right up? That would have been on your head. Speaking I of I assume you cloned some dinosaurs for out. the photo, right? Say what? You cloned some dinosaurs for the photo? This is where this whole thing was going. You wanted to do a Jurassic World tie-in since that movie came out? Yep. Or was announced or I don't I don't a know what happened. Case of Case of the Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. Boom. This is actually a sponsored episode. Yeah. I don't know if I shared that with you, Steve. Check came to me. That's okay. It was uh, in the form of a bag of popcorn. Wow, Dustin, we just killed 10 minutes of this episode talking about your crazy edits. Let's talk about your flat tire incident, Steve. <sighs> See, no, we just killed 10 hours on something meaningless and pointless. We haven't even gotten into follow-up yet, so I don't want to talk about this. Let's just move on. Let's do something else. Jen and I were on the way to a wedding. It was not this last weekend. This last weekend, I got to stay home. I got to watch some World Cup. It was awesome. Um, you know, yesterday, uh, my boy Harry Kane that I told you all about in the last episode, yesterday... <laughs> Can we slow that down, what you just said? <laughs> my boy Harry Kane, the boy who lived. Is Kane, with an N? Kane. Okay, just making sure. Did you think I said Kang? I thought you said my boy Harry came. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's uh wow. Wow, wow, wow. So Harry came, got a hat trick. That means he scored three times. He he came three times. Yep. Yep. Out on the soccer field in front of everybody. It was crazy. Quite the exhibitionist. Yep. So that was great. But the week before this, Jen and I were on our way to a wedding. And about halfway there, we stopped to get food. And I got a flat tire, like a tire pressure monitor system warning that we had a flat tire. And it was delightful. Luckily, we were... Um, we we're fairly close to where Jen's sister lives, so we called her to see if she could help out. Unfortunately for us, she could not help out. She was actually out of town, but her mother-in-law came and let us borrow her car so that we could go and shoot our wedding. And then while, while she was letting us borrow her car to shoot our wedding, she actually... Um, told us to give her phone number to, we have a roadside assistance thing. She told us to give our phone number to the roadside assistance and yeah. she coordinated with them to get somebody out to uh, change our tire. Nice. Which I typically could do, but uh, the nuts had never actually been taken off since the car was built. It's You've fairly never new. never greased your nuts? It's a, no, 
<laughs> I grease my nuts all the time, buddy. Come on. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> we were told we would need like an impact driver to get the nuts off. And mm. I, I do not have access to that. And the, um, you're still thinking about greasing those nuts, aren't you? Wow. Just want, I just, I'm thinking about you getting an impact driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was getting, getting driven with full impact. By Harry Kane. It's, it's Harry Kane, not Kane in, in your world. In exactly. du- we're, we're all, this is Dustin's world and we're all just living in it now. That's how it should be. Yeah. So she actually got that whole thing taken care of for us. So then when our wedding was over, we just went to her house and picked up our vehicle and then drove it home, which had, it just had the donut on. So then like the next Monday I had to take it into a shop and get it replaced. There was like a, a giant, um, uh, there was like a giant screw that had gotten into our tire and it left like a, a hole the size of like a dime. So my goodness, yeah, Steve. it was not patchable. You must take care of your vehicles. I'm sorry, Dustin. I, <laughs> when driving through a Walmart parking lot, I was really thinking to myself, there's going to be a bunch of screws here that'll leave a hole the size of a dime in my car. Moral of the story listeners. This is why we don't shop at Walmart. There's always people with screws loose coming out of that store. So Dustin, let's move on into follow up. Oh, follow it when up. we got the flat tire. There was a big scare that we might be late to the wedding. We ended up showing up. I, we were set to show up an hour and a half early. And because of the whole flat tire and dealing with that, we were about 10 minutes late. Uh, and the bride and groom were very understanding and we had decided not to tell them, but either Jen or the planner ended up saying something after we arrived, not before we got there. Cause we didn't want to freak them out and make them panic. We let them know we'd be a little late, but we didn't, you know, say there's a possibility it could be an hour or two late. We don't know, you know, cause we were out in the middle of nowhere. We couldn't like get an Uber or a Lyft there and we're at the will of the tow truck until Jen's sister's mother-in-law came and helped us out. So let's move into follow up. Follow it up. Trademark John Syracuse. Same venue, take two. Dustin, how did that go? Do you think of some new interesting spots? Well, uh, I did. I did indeed think of some new and interesting spots. Um, and so Corinne and I had a long conversation on the elevator ride up to the venue. This is a venue where it's uh, on the top floor of one of these skyscrapers in, in town. And. Um, sorry, I was just like waiting for Steve to interrupt with some comment about, oh, so it was two floors up, um, or something like that, but, uh, nothing came. Yeah, I didn't come. That's right. (laughs) Never do. Um, anyways, the, uh, question Corinne and I had for each other was, even though we shot at the venue last week, does the bride care about that? Like, does she want the same locations? Um, that we typically shoot because that's what a bride that gets married there is accustomed to? Um, Or should we pose to her the idea of doing something different and outside the box? Um, Dustin, skip to the point. Did you pose something new and different or did you just do the same old, same old? Did you push yourself? Did you you try? So we did a little bit of both. Um, Nice. I gave her the option when we were headed outside. do you want to go this route and do these spots or do you want to go this route and do something a little different? And she wanted to do the same old, same old spots. Uh, so we just kept it really brief and short at those spots and then, uh, hit like two new spots that we don't normally do when we're there. And then we did some off camera flash, uh, stuff actually like inside the venue. Ooh, nice. Just sort of like break it up a bit. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a super laid back wedding. Um, those are like, 
the dime a dozen couples, man, that you just like dream that you get because they're just so easy and their parents are like so nice. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, I still I, I was getting all choked up by the father of the bride's uh, welcome like toast. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, as a, I'm sure you're the same way as a father of a daughter now. It's like every time I like see these dads, I'm like, God, this is going to be me someday, potentially. Um, and he did this whole bit. It was so well written where he started off talking about how he would like his bedtime routine with his daughter. And then he kind of like kind of went on and on. And then he brought it back around full circle at the end to like the groom where he's like, don't forget, you know how much, you know, like don't take for granted that kiss you give her at the end of the night, because that meant the world to me for 20, whatever years that she lived with him. And it was like, whoa, like put like this sort of like deep, heavy hit right there at the end, sank it, took it home. It was good. Sounds nice. It sounds lovely, like a lovely evening. Dustin, I had a wedding a few weeks ago where I had to do a bunch of off-camera flash stuff inside because... The wedding ceremony went really late. It got started late. And then um, as a result, we didn't get to do portraits at the time we wanted to. So we didn't do any portraits of the bride and groom until the sun was setting. And I didn't feel like we had enough portraits of the bride and groom. So when we went back inside the venue, I did like a ton of like off-camera flash portraits inside the venue because I wanted to make sure they actually had like enough photos of the two of them together. And it was stressful. Yeah, I've been noticing uh, a trend from you of like these dusk, past dusk night off-camera flash photos. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, was, it was one of those couples of mine. I liked them. They were good. What are, you, are you using any kind of a modifier on that flash or is it just like bare flash? Just bare flash. Mm, it's my favorite kind. Bare flash. And then if I want to make it look more like sunset, like... I don't think I've posted any of those photos, but it, like if I want to make it look more like sunset, you know, you put like a tungsten filter on it, throw yep. it behind uh, like a tree or something. So it looks like the sun's coming through like the leaves or whatever as it's setting. Yeah. And uh, then they get like that nice glow and everything that they would want. And that those uh, those flashes are from uh, from our dear sponsor, Young Nuo. Young Neo? Young the, Nato? The flashes I was using that night were all from Young Nuo. That is correct. Making sure that you're keeping up with our sponsorship guidelines. Yeah. Um, Dustin, do you have any thoughts on following up on IGTV one weekend? IGTV, or for those of you out there who aren't in the know, that would be Instagram television on your phone, brought to you uh, by Instagram, the aka Facebook. Uh, no, Steve, honestly, I took a peek at it this week for like a hot second, and I was like quickly overwhelmed with content, and I was like, nope, done out of here i do not have the time to look at this i need to edit and get stuff done and that's i kind of i kind of think that's why i sort of like the instagram stories format because it's for someone like me with add and a short attention span it's like just enough little info on all my friends happenings and people i think are interesting to see what's going on and then i'm like oh out back to work the igtv reminds me a lot of facebook live or the like live stories that Instagram used to do because mm -hmm. like you get a notification when somebody goes live on IGTV and it's like, do you want to pop over and watch your video story right now? Right. And I always say no. And then I'm like, and that person I'm probably going to unfollow. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't, 
I can't take that kind of stuff. It's so disruptive to like what I'm doing when I'm on there. Cause if I'm on Instagram, it's usually like I wanted to look at photos or I wanted to do this or that. And I know in like a week or something, somebody's going to be like, IGTV is the best thing that's happened to my business or any other business. If you're not utilizing it, you're failing. Just like with Facebook Live. And I just don't care. I just never want to be that guy who's like popping up every single day in like a notification and just rambling. I I guess like if I was actually like planning something and thinking about it and like, hey, this is what I want to talk about, like turning it into a show sort of thing. That'd be cool. It's just like most of the people that I see. Let's call it a podcast? Should we call that a podcast? Most of the people that I see are just like (laughs) rambling about random stuff. And uh, no, the worst was I saw on IGTV, some dude had shot like, um, he shot a wedding and then he posted it and he just took his wedding video and made it vertical by putting a giant black bar on top and a giant black bar on bottom. So it's just like a tiny little video in the middle of the screen and it just looked so bad. (sighs) Don't do not do that, guys. If you're mm. going to do something on IGTV, make sure it's something that you either shot vertically or you shot with the intention of cropping it down to something vertical because it just it does not look good otherwise. I saw another thing a guy did where he just shot like a horizontal video, like a normal video, and then he just cropped it vertical, like right down the center and posted that. And it was just like almost every single shot, somebody's face was half off the screen or something like that. And it was just so frustrating to watch. Have you ever tried to shoot a vertical video with a DSLR? No, I hate vertical video. Why would I I ever do that? I just don't even know what that would feel like. I feel like every fiber of my being would be like, what are you doing? I've seen other people do it. I just can't bring myself. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Well, the thing for me is so much of what you're doing with the video is you're focusing on movement and where people are going, how they're moving, what they're doing. And when you're shooting something vertical, um, you're cutting off like the sides, like to the left and right. And so you don't have like a chance to set up like a scene a lot of times, um, because if you do, you just have it'd be so wide. You just have so much headspace and like foot space at that point in time, like it would look utterly ridiculous. And so sounds like an interesting challenge, though, yeah. to shoot an entire really good wedding video vertically. No, that doesn't sound like a good challenge. I, I'm sure people will start doing it, but no. I, I think it would be fun. It would be hard for sure to think vertically in the sense of video, but I think it would be a fun challenge that I would not want to be paid for <laughs> in, the, in the event that it's awful. And who the hell would want a only vertical wedding film at the end of their wedding? I don't know. But for the sake of, you know, doing something different, it'd be cool. The best stuff I've seen on IGTV is typically like a static shot waist up of somebody where they're like talking and explaining something like a process that they've worked their way through or something like that. The worst stuff I've seen is the stuff I already described where it's very clear they shot horizontally and tried to find a way to make it work for vertical without like planning for vertical. Dustin, do you want to move on to beer talk? What are you drinking, bud? What's going down your throat tonight other than Harry Kane? (laughs) Gosh, we got to stop that. Harry Kane's a good, good boy. Oh, he's Um, a boy, is he? Yeah. Uh, Tonight I'm drinking Vane from Scarlet Lane Brewing Company. Vane is a pale ale with coconut and lactose. Lactose? Yeah, no. (laughs) I heard that too when I was like, pass. And my wife was like, you have to try it. So I did and it was awesome. I, what does the lactose do for the beer? I don't know. It tastes kind of like creamy. It's oh. like a, a more creamy pale ale. 
I would say. It's very sweet, so if, too. If it's one a, was lactose intolerant, this would probably be a bad beer yeah, for them. Yeah, definitely. It's got a hint of like a pineapple vanilla sort of flavor to it. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm quite pleased that I have it. And I just looked it up on Untapped so I can make sure I got everything right about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, the last check-in is my wife. <laughs> so, kind of unofficial sponsor, Scarlet Lane. Not of the podcast, but of me. <laughs> Jen and I went the other night. Um, so I don't know if I've ever said this before. I've said multiple times that Eric Bloodaxe is one of my favorite beers in the world, and it's by far the best beer brewed in Indiana. One of uh, Jen and I's good friends works there as a brewer, and he's also a past client of ours. Um, little disclosure there for everybody. Uh, but I discovered Eric Bloodaxe and fell in love with it before he started brewing there. So, like, my feelings about the blood axe aren't tainted at all. But when we were there last night, he gave us the vein for free. And he also gave us the uh, Eric blood axe bourbon barrel aged beer for free, which I'm incredibly pumped about. Why don't you save that one for me? <laughs> Eric blood axe bourbon barrel aged. <laughs> You're not going to be able to handle that. You couldn't even handle an Eric blood axe. You're like, well, this is a strong beer. Oh, is this going to be even stronger tasting though? See, typically bourbon barrel aged beer uh, is stronger, but it doesn't necessarily taste stronger. It tastes a little bit sweeter usually, a little bit smokier. Yeah, I know. I like my Kentucky bourbon barrel. Mm-hmm. So, Dustin, let's move into our first topic tonight comes from Katie from a Facebook group. Katie was shooting a wedding. She took a bunch of photos. As one does. Yeah. She had two cameras with her. Her primary camera, which had two cards that she could write to. So she was writing to both cards. Something failed with it, so she had to switch to her backup camera. Her backup camera was only writing to, only capable of writing to one card at a time. Shot, um, she shot the entire ceremony and everything with the primary camera. It was only the portraits of the bride and groom that she shot with this backup camera. When she went to plug the backup camera in to her computer, none of the bride and groom photos were there. So it's like she said she was only there for two hours, she said. So it was like 50 to 80 photos. That's it. And she was wondering what she should do. This wasn't really a question. I brought it up as a topic because what ended up happening, a lot of people gave advice. One girl told her to refund the couple 80 to 100% of what they paid her, which I thought was utterly ridiculous. What would you do, Stephen? I, I would try my best to get everything fixed and send it off to a professional company to see if they could get the photos back. But the thing that made me really angry, scrolling down, there are two people who gave this girl advice. One of them said, if you're not able to recover these specific digital files, don't say anything to the couple. And if they ask, professionally and kindly say you'll double check your images and then explain later that they got the best of the best. So she's saying to lie to them. And then another person said that, yeah, you should do that and um, tell them that you got the best of the best. And then if they ask again, then be honest. That's even worse. Yep. So Dustin, what do you think about advice like that? Man, that is just like such a terrible position to be in that like know how to approach it. But as far as like the advice itself that those people gave, that's hard to say. Like, I don't know what I would want to do in that scenario um, because something like that could potentially like destroy your business. Mm -hmm. So 
it's like how you handle it is very important. So I might have gone off in the comments on this, this person's Facebook post and just said that don't ever do what these people said. The basic thing here is it's kind of like a logic puzzle when you think about it. If somebody's response for you, their advice to you is lie to somebody. What that person has just told you when they gave you advice is they're comfortable with being dishonest. They're comfortable with lying. Yeah. So then can you trust their advice? You can't because they just told you, hey, I'm comfortable with being dishonest, uncomfortable with lying. So you no longer can trust their advice. If they say, oh, I've done this before and it totally worked. There's no way you can trust that because they've just told you, hey, I'm completely comfortable with lying. <sighs> we just like to say, though, that the Wedding Hangover uh, Facebook group is a safe place. <laughs> you don't have to worry about lying. Even if you've done terrible, terrible things in the past, you can be honest here and uh, share your real thoughts and emotions and opinions. This was not from our group. I don't think anybody in our group would ever tell somebody to lie. We, we only have good, good people who listen we, to our show. We don't judge, okay? Everyone's welcome here. Even the liars. Even the liars and the cheats, okay? But here's the thing. Just never lie to your client. When you lie to your client, it always ends up biting you in the ass somehow in the end. And, you know, maybe the client doesn't find out, but maybe, you know, your second shooter overhears it and then word gets spread around that you lie to people or something or like it's just it's never going to work out for you have you ever lost any files steven yeah we've talked about that before on this podcast i don't i guess i don't remember walk me through it one more time for those that have just tuned in it was a long long time ago we had a card corrupt and uh we could not get the photos back but it was back in the day before we had cameras that do dual rope because it's back when only the 5d mark ii existed so the way we shot weddings back then was basically Jen and I would shoot everything together and everything she shot, I would also shoot. So it was basically like we were making sure we had backed things up between the two of us. Interesting. It's a great way to learn too, because back then I didn't know the first thing about wedding photography. So I also basically just followed Jen around all day, shot everything she shot. And so, but we'd capture every single thing from the day on two different cameras so that we had so, two different cars. So what you're saying is not much has changed. <laughs> A lot has changed. Like, uh, Jen doesn't go with me to the guys' room anymore. If I go to the guys' room, I am... Um, oh, I wouldn't want to go with you to the guys' room either, Stephen. We were in what a, happens in the guys' room is scary. <laughs> we were in a guys' room one time, and there was a groomsman in there. And he was, like, in a small group with us at the church we went to at the time. And he comes out in a banana hammock. In just a oh, banana wow. hammock. And he says, get a picture of this, Steve. And I go... Oh, I'd love to. And as the most uncomfortable I ever felt, he was ripped too. He looked very good. And uh, he was like, <laughs> he's like, Steve, get a picture of this. And I was like, oh, I don't think I could do that. And he's like, oh, come on, like pressuring me into it. And I was like, well, you know, Jen is the one who's going to have to edit these. And so that just makes me feel real uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, Jen's editing them? Definitely get a picture then. <laughs> and then I felt even more uncomfortable. That sounds like something I would say. Yeah. Yeah, except it was like he was like serious and not joking around. And like the groom finally had to like come over and have a conversation with him about how inappropriate it was to uh, try to force somebody else's wife from his church to look at him in a banana hammock, basically. I would have I would have just said something. Like, oh, man, I'd love to take a picture of this, but I can't promise the liberties my wife might take in Photoshop with this photo <laughs> with the area around your, your d is that is that what you're gonna say uh, yeah if that banana ends up looking like a little tiny walnut i have no control over that so dustin are we on the same page it's never okay to lie 
Never okay to lie unless you're lying to the one you love. Oh, is that why you lie to me so much on this podcast? <laughs> is that why you lie to our listeners? Every day. Dustin, let's move on to our next topic. What parts of the wedding day do you think could, you know, you'd like us to, you'd like to be able to stop capturing? What photos do you think are kind of pointless? Well, I think this is a twofold question, honestly, Stephen. I think there are parts of the day that I would rather not photograph, but then there are parts of the day that I would rather not photograph, but I still think are important. And if if I could and had unlimited funds, I would pay someone else to do them for me. Uh, I would. I'm talking parts of the day that you end up photographing and you're just like, I don't know why the hell I'm photographing this. I feel like I have to at every wedding, but I've never actually felt like I need to deliver these photos. Specifically, yeah. I'm getting at the recessional. The recessional? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So you have the processional when the people go in. You have the recessional when the people come back out. There's only two pe There are only two people in the recessional that you really need to capture. That's the bride mm -hmm. and the groom. Yet at every single wedding Jen and I shoot, we always leave somebody else there to capture everybody else going down the aisle. Yes. I don't think we've ever delivered any of those photos except maybe like the parents leaving just because like the father of the bride walked in with the bride as opposed to with his wife. So there's not like a picture of the two of them together walking at the wedding. But even that, it's kind of like if we didn't get it, would anybody know? Would anybody care? Like, why do people care about the recessional photos? It's sort of split 50-50 whether or not we cover it. I try to cover it if I can, because every now and then, like one of those couple, one of those, you know, groomsmen, bridesmaids might actually be a couple. Um, and I kind of started doing this shtick, uh, depending on where I'm shooting, where as soon as the bride and groom get about 75% of the way back down the aisle, I'll have them kiss again. And then, you know, everyone like claps and cheers towards the back of the church. If there are people in the back of the church, oh, they can see Are you going to share one of your one-liners that you failed to share last week? I just, I only thought of it because I did it this week and it, it went beautifully. And then when the maid of honor and best man come down, like 75% of the way down, I'll say, oh, stop, kiss real quick, guys. And then they're obviously, I do this because I know they're not a couple. And then typically the people in the back are always like the friends of the bride and groom that know these people. And so they're like, oh, no, 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 they're not together. And like, it just gets a little bit of, you know, so attention and laughs. So you like to, on the wedding day, be like, hey, everybody, the bride and groom are already gone. Look at me. Look at me. I'm Show's Dustin. Here. Show's here right now, guys. Then after you say that, do you just like flex both your muscles and you're like, welcome to the gun show, everybody. It's me, oh. Dustin McKibben. We left the cannons at home because we don't need them. Now, we only your have dress icon. shirts that you wear to weddings, do they have rip-off sleeves or are they like button sleeves that snap off? Velcro. Mm. Velcro sleeves. <laughs> That's fantastic. Velcro. You got a good ripping sound like... Oh, yeah, baby. Don't worry. I can put these back on in a jiff. And it's got one of those air vents in the back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> keeping it cool. Keeping it classy. Well, keeping it cool. Keeping the guns out. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the big thing for me, I guess, would be like the detail shots. Like I have a love-hate relationship with them because it's like I, I feel this like I have to do them and I want to do them, but I don't oftentimes like doing them. Does when you say sense? details, are you talking like... Uh... Wedding dress, rings, shoes, that kind of stuff? Or are you talking like table settings, that kind of stuff? Both. Mm, okay. 
anything that doesn't have a person in it. Oh, speaking of things with people possibly in them, but possibly not, my number one all-time least favorite thing to capture, photos that are placed out by the bride and groom. A lot of times at weddings, they will have like photos of their parents, their grandparents, like on their wedding days and stuff like that. Or they'll have photos of people who passed away. And I completely understand why they want that there at their wedding. What I don't understand is why you want me to take a picture of a picture. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm very much people driven. And it's like, to me, the importance is the people in the photo and to shoot photos of inanimate objects, except for the rings. For some reason, I get the rings are like my fun thing that I get to photograph and make look cool. Um, Sometimes that is. And uh, the rest, like the shoes and the dress and all that stuff. It was fun for the first few years and now I'm kind of over it. And now I feel like I have to do it because I always do it and everyone does it. And it's like, you need that for the album and for any hopes of getting this wedding published. How much time do you spend focusing on the album, on the wedding day? The album? Yeah. Like when you're shooting, is that like in your mind the whole time? Because like my couples that I'm doing on my own this year, Mm -hmm. I don't even like... most of them have gotten my lowest package, which does not include an album. I do not give a single thought to what needs to go into the album. And it's been completely and totally awesome and freeing. Uh, I mean, I don't give us a thought to the album in the sense of like, ooh, this picture will be a full page spread. No, I just like try to get enough content so that when they order their album, they uh, will have enough to tell like a full story. Mm-hmm. And if I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to do a page of detail shots, because I've run into the situation where I'll have like only a photo of the dress and only a photo of the, sh- like the shoes or like the, or like the rings. And it looks weird when I collage that with like other things. And so I try to like have enough detail shots to do like one spread of details. Yeah. That makes sense, Steven? Yeah. No, that makes sense. That was album 101 with Dustin I just, I've been listening to a lot of other wedding photography podcasts recently, and a lot of them are like, they just talk about the albums all the time and how you got to shoot this for your album, shoot this for your album. And I'm just like, I spend zero time thinking about what needs to go in the album. Well, we've given really little thought to albums in general over the last uh, few years. Over the last year of doing this podcast, we've given almost zero thought to albums, just like Steve does when he shoots weddings. But um, this last year was the first year we started including albums in our packages. Base package or all of them? All but our base. And no one books the base. So um, maybe I can teach you how to get out of the base (laughs) model. Well played. Well played, my friend. All all of a sudden this year, we're going to have a tremendous amount of brides that are going to get albums. And so I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, conscious of that. And next year, we're going to even take it a step further. And we're going to really start working on those like in-person sales uh, with upselling wedding albums um, mm-hmm. in our, in our new house where we have like more of a dedicated office that'll be like clean and nice kind of like what you guys have at your house um that isn't going to be like filled with toys you can see in the background right now this is not clean and it's not nice (laughs) i'm I'm talking about your front room that you guys have like other people's pictures hanging in and stuff like that so doesn't one of the big other things that i don't think we should have to be capturing anymore the group photos yeah like the bridal party no no, like, uh, so another big thing I've been hearing on other photography podcasts recently is they talk a lot about group photos and how you have to do a group photo at every wedding of everyone at the wedding. 
And this is not like a, well, the DJ said we had to do it. So now I'm thrown under the bus by the DJ. This is like, they feel like in their culture, wherever they are located in the world, you have to do a group photo at every single wedding. And that was astonishing to me because I cannot think of a single time where I've delivered a group photo to anybody. Like they might be in their gallery, but it's like, it's the thing I spend the least amount of time on editing wise because I don't care. And I know they don't care. I've never had a bride and groom say they want that group photo. I think I've only done that maybe like, yeah, one or two times. But you've had like several DJs try to get you to do it over and over again. Yeah. I mean, I th- I th- I'm trying to think. I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe like one or two DJs. I wouldn't say a lot of DJs do that. Not here in Fort Wayne. Yeah, there in Fort Wayne, they just expect people to get out on that dance floor. Down here in India, right. you got to work for it. You got to get those group it's- photos. You know, oh gosh. One of the other things I really dislike shooting is uh, an anniversary dance. Wed- weddings? No. Weddings in general. I love weddings. <laughs> no, the anniversary dance. Uh, I don't mind the anniversary dance because uh, Corinne and I will just like tag team that. We'll just like peg off couples and sometimes you can get some nice candid moments between couples because the anniversary dance oftentimes will be literally the only time a woman will be able to drag her man out on the dance floor. Uh, so. So I don't mind the anniversary dance. It's the dollar dance that starting last year, I think it was. We just say, all right, no, we're, we're not, we're checking out during that time. See, I, I mean, I feel like the dollar dance itself is like a outdated, really old thing. Like we don't see that very often anymore, but I did have it at a recent wedding. And uh, yeah, I feel the same way about the dollar dances I do about the anniversary dance, which is first off, Jen and I tag team it. Or if I'm working with a second shooter, we tag team those things. And so like we tag team and things. Yeah. So we cover like whatever, but I'm um, just like Jen, Jen and I've been talking recently about the anniversary dance and it's just like, why are we scrambling to try to capture every single couple on the floor? All that matters that's out on the floor more than likely is uh, the people they did their family formals with before going out on the, you know, to the reception. So, you know, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, mom, dad, that kind of stuff, brothers, sisters. And then after that, it's like, why are we scrambling to capture like all these guests who are just their friends? Because they don't want like a ton of photos of those people anyway. And then it's like basically just, you know, kind of hang out and wait until it gets down to like the last two or three and make sure you capture them. That's how we feel about it now. But I still feel like this thing, like I got to capture, I, I got to catch them all, Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, so like I, I feel it hardcore. Like I gotta get it up every single couple out there. But yeah, no, I'm I'm starting to feel that like that that burnout with it, where it's just like we I since I'm the one who calls every single wedding we shoot, I go through the anniversary dance photos with all those couples, and I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Okay, nope, 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 nope. nope. Okay, there's so many of those that I, we just throw away, and it's like we don't even need to shoot most of it like we should just focus on like a few of the different couples who are close family members and that's it do you ever have like people ask for photos of them afterwards who were just guests at the wedding and not family members yeah all the time do you ever actually like follow through like get their contact get send them the photo or anything oh no see because we do things a little different than you get well it's kind of like pass i mean we send we give out those cards at receptions that have our website on them yeah it's like a link to their web gallery and it has a picture of the bride and groom and from the engagement session from the engagement yeah, session Jen and i used to do it's, that too it's a lot of things you guys used to do and then it seems like you're just nah, we're done with that yeah well we found it didn't really we didn't see a noticeable boost 
in like the people visiting and we weren't seeing people like buying photos because like we had it set up so they could buy photos and if they wanted like their photo of themselves and we just never saw anybody do that so yeah but i look at it like the cards cost me what like 20 bucks to print like 100 business cards and i'll easily at least get like one 20 dollar order from a wedding um, see we just we never were getting any orders period from that kind of stuff we get orders from like family members who want like photos of the bride and groom as like a gift for them for christmas stuff like that or like the mom and dad they want a photo of the bride and groom to hang on their wall put on well, a desk and see also how how what because we use Zenfolio, and so what we do is they might not order a print but they might go look at them and then Zenfolio captures their email and then when we run sales um, which we aren't like that kind of company that like spams them. Do they know that their email is getting captured by Zenfolio? I need to know how spammy and scammy you are right now. They have to enter their email address. Hello, in order my name to is Dustin. In. I am a prince. I'm a prince from Arabia. Is that how they talk there? <laughs> yes. That sounded European to me. Can you try it again? I went to a European school and moved back to Arabia. <laughs> wow. But yes, so they uh, capture their email and then we do a yearly like Black Friday sale and every now and then we'll do a like 4th of July sale. And that's about it. Just kind of those two times during the year. Okay, but my question to you now then is you said it costs $20 to print off 100 of those that you're passing out at the wedding. You said that yes. they have your uh, the gallery for that couple on it, right? Yep. So yep. those are custom made for each one. And you said... No, 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 you know, no. It's a generic link. Mm, generic I've link. got a separate URL from our website. It goes to a landing page okay. that has you a thumbnail of every wedding. You said $20 per hundred. You're passing out about a hundred at every wedding. And you said you typically sell one for one print for $20. No, so you're breaking even. At least even. one. At least one So print. you're... This is not worth the time you're putting into it. That's what it's I'm getting numbers. at. No, it's not a numbers game. If you sell at least one, what you're really telling me is you sell one at most weddings, and a few times you've sold more than one. Are you are you even making over $1,000 off this? After uh, you subtract we, the amount of money you're spending on the business cards. Last year we made $12,000 off prints. Off of these prints? Yes, off of these Off prints. of these rando prints to rando guests at weddings. Yes. I call bullshit. Fine. I mean, you can even ask uh, Michaela because we were at her house. No, because you uh, would have phrased it as at least one at a wedding. You would have said, oh, we do like five or ten. It wouldn't be at least one. So we're making $20. We're making our money back. One per wedding without running a sale. I'm saying that then when we run our sales, because we've captured their emails, that's when the big money comes in. Oh, big Everybody money. likes to feel like they're getting a deal. So even though it might be like, because we're charging $20 for an 8x10. So, and then so when you, you were saying, when you said at least one, you were saying that's pre-sales numbers. Correct. Ah, you did not specify that, Dustin. You led me down a dark path. I know. That's where I take you, Steve. And then I'm just like, paboo. And then you're like, Harry came three times. Oh, great. All right. All over your face. That was disgusting. Oh my gosh. We're going we're gonna to have to be super explicit on iTunes now because of all the terrible things you've been saying today. Oh, uh, Dustin, do you do father-daughter reveals? Uh, yep. Next. Why? Uh, the bride asked me to do them. So if the bride doesn't ask, you don't do it? Correct. 
Why is that? Because the bride didn't ask. Okay. So we try to push our brides to always do a father-daughter reveal. Oh. Unless like we get the feeling from them that uh, they're not super close with their dad. We find you get like some super emotional moments. So a lot of times if a bride doesn't specifically request it, when she's like getting dressed, it will say like, oh, is your dad going to come see you before like the wedding or whatever? And if she says yes, we're like, oh, well, why don't we, and like, well, then we like pose her somewhere in the room and we bring the dad in separate so that he gets like his first look at her. And I mean, personally, we find most dads just light up their whole face when they see their daughter on her wedding day. Some of them cry. It's a very emotional time. So we try to like make that moment happen, even if it wasn't planned. That's why I brought it up, man. Uh, I mean, if there's like a dead, like a dead time, we'll try, but it's definitely not something we will push if, uh, if we, if we're tight on time, if there's like, it typically happens anyway, and we'd rather set it up so we're ready for it when it happens, as opposed to like, they just pop in. Oh my gosh, Justin, we had a bride at a wedding uh, sometime in the last five, 10 weddings we shot. I don't want to be specific. She knew that the groom had already got ready and uh, I was going into the groom's room and it was like right across from the bride's room and she just followed me in. Say that one more time. She knew the groom was already ready. I was walking yeah. in to do some photos with the groom and she, instead of going to her room to get her dress on, she was not dressed yet. She'd just shown up. Uh, she just followed me in to have her own first look <laughs> at the Man. groom. That's, a, that's always like a fear of mine is that uh bride and groom will just like without purposefully doing it just like do the first look without telling you and you're like whoa 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 whoa!" yeah that is exactly how i felt i saw her coming in and i was like oh no no he's in here and i like tried to like shut the door and i didn't push her or anything but i was like oh no 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 no, you can't come in here and then she just stuck her head in and around looked at her groom and smiled real big and she's like what's up oh my camera's not even up because i was too busy trying to keep this moment from happening so i didn't capture the moment it was such a beautiful moment felt terrible about it i was reeling all day too because i felt like i had screwed up their first look moment or whatever but their first look was out still super sweet and awesome because the groom was like blown away when he saw her like in her dress and everything so we yeah but man i was i was reeling after that i couldn't i couldn't get my feet on solid ground felt like the whole earth was moving and shaking underneath me never good steve yeah, it's all that anxiety dustin do you want to do some q a let's do some q a but, but steve this one comes straight from the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. That's right. Our Facebook group is just called Wedding Hangover. Invite your friends. They don't have to be photographers. We, we got some uh, DJs and other people in there already. It's cool. It's just a place to hang out. Has anyone, this is L Phantom Producer Louis Novak, has anyone had that super awkward moment when a family member tries to sell your services to friends or coworkers right in front of you, saying the most absurd shit and totally embarrassing you? And Louis follows this up by saying, a coworker of my mom is looking for a photographer and she said I would do their photos in exchange for getting my AC on my car fixed. His dad is a mechanic. Oh. So a full wedding package for the price of an AC repair, which is $600. So then I have to backtrack all this because I was already talking with the couple. Then a few days later, he's over at my mom's house with me and she's offering them a free engagement session and telling him to just print photos at Walmart instead of ordering prints from me. After I've repeatedly 
told my family not to do this shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Louis, thank you so much for this. This is so fantastic. Oh, it's so good, Louis. I love it because like it starts out as like his mom is just trying to like figure out a way for him to get the AC and his car fixed. She's just trying to take care of him. And she's like, oh, I could help him out with this. I'll help him out by just, uh, you know. And then it spins out into, he'll do a free engagement session. <laughs> just print those photos at Walmart. You don't need to order them. Oh, man. Poor Louie. So, I mean, we all have family members and we've all had people do not necessarily exactly this, but stuff like this to us. Right. I can't think of like a specific example off the top of my head. I know when Jen first started out doing wedding photography and I wasn't shooting with her, there were times when people said something about needing a photographer and I would just volunteer Jen. I wouldn't say she would do it for free, but she would get very upset with me because she'd be like, I don't want to be doing family photos. I want to be doing wedding photography or, you know, whatever. Uh, it was at the time where I had screwed up and it, it might not have been family photos. I just remember her getting mad at me because there were several times where I said she could do something and she was like already booked, already scheduled and... I put my foot in my mouth a lot when the business first started out. Okay, Steve, we forgive you. But will Jen forgive me? Nope. <laughs> Dustin, you got any stories? We got a story from one of our other uh, Facebook group people. Yeah? Yeah. What'd they say? Alicia Semrock says, and I hope I pronounced that right, and I'm really sorry if I got it wrong, but surely all you're doing is pointing a camera and clicking a button. How much could that possibly be worth? And she says, my mom pulled one on me the other day, too. She owes a friend a favor, so she volunteered me to take their family photos. Mm. Yeah, my parents and family uh, typically know better than that. What I run into is um, this sort of braggadocious thing where, like, my parents will, like, brag about me. And they get frustrated with me. Because they'll be like, yeah, Dustin, I ran into such and such. And I like told him, yeah, oh, my son's a wedding photographer. And they're like, and then the guy will say, oh, yeah, everyone knows a wedding photographer or everyone knows a photographer. And my dad gets like frustrated because he wants to like brag about me. But he's like, do you have like some sort of accolade or something that I can like toss in on that? Like my son's a certified wedding photographer or my son's a licensed wedding, like something that he can just like differentiate me so, so from like all the other What you're trying to tell us is your dad is ashamed of you because you don't have any accolades. That's yeah. That's, that's kind of what it feels like is there's like, he's like, but Dustin, I really want to talk you up to my friends, but uh, you need to do some work worthy of talking up first. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's kind of what it feels like. I mean, have you ever had that happen, Steve, where you're, you know, your parents want to like be like, oh, yeah, my, my son, uh, he shoots weddings. My mom has never wanted to talk me up. <laughs> no, just joking. My mom's actually referred some people to us in the past. Hey, there you go. Yeah, But I think it was one of those situations where she might have said something about like how we were real cheap or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that to, to like try to get them to contact us like in her mind that's probably what it was and in our mind is like why are you making us look bad why are you making us look like we don't charge enough money or whatever that's funny uh, yeah my mom just feels like uh, if it's worth buying it's uh worth waiting for there to be a deal on it or a giveaway or a coupon or something like she she won't, doesn't ever buys anything full price I had a uh, a funny call in call come in today for a wedding. Um, the bride called and it was for like a wedding this August, so like just a few months away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, unfortunately, you know, we're already booked. 
Uh, but if you tell me kind of like what price point and budget you're like trying to work at, you know, I'm happy to help find someone for you. Thinking about you, actually. And uh, yeah, you, bud. Me? You. Steven Van Elk of Redwood Lane. So I was like, I told her, you know, what we charge. And she was like, whoa. Because she, when I asked her what she was looking to spend, she's like, I've, I've never hired a wedding photographer. I have no idea what they cost. And I'm like, well, let me just tell you what I charge. And then you tell me if you think that's too much. <laughs> and she was like, whoa, yeah, uh, this is just a small wedding. Oh, does this explain why I got a contact today for somebody who could only do 250 for an eight-hour wedding? That's $250, uh, no. is that? <laughs> I'm just I messing with you. I didn't give them your name. But I just thought it was funny that the justification for price in her mind was, because she then went on to say, oh, if I was having a big wedding, I would definitely be willing to spend that much, but we're only having a small wedding. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's true. We only shoot big weddings. Yeah. Like the guest count influences how much you can spend on your photography. Whereas I feel like if you have a smaller wedding, you should almost have better photography because you're not paying for as much food and alcohol. Don't you just love it when a client hires you and you're like 50% of their budget or something like that for the day? Because you know that they just valued you so much. Oh, absolutely. We just got an email from a bride uh, today or tonight where she was like, I've been following you guys on Instagram for years and went on to talk about like what she likes about us. And it just was like really like talking us up before she even went in to talk, like went on to talk about her own wedding. And you were like, and, oh, right. Uh-huh. And you got out of calculator and you're like, and okay, all my prices just went up by 25%. Awesome. If she says <laughs> I'm great five more times, that's another 25% on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works, right? Pretty much. Pretty much, sir. Did you book her? Uh, I'm, she's going to look it over uh, tonight and hopefully well, get back to before me Before she gets back with you, um, let's just go ahead and we'll edit this podcast real quick and send it to her so she can hear all the times you disgustingly see, say Harry came. <laughs> Did he, though? Did he come? Three times. Three goals, Dustin. Uh, Sarah from the Facebook. By the time this episode comes out, they'll already have played their third great game in the group stage. And I, I mean, I can't say 100% for certain they're going. No, I, I can say 100% for certain they're going on at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to advance out of the group stage. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tricky. You never know what's going to happen. There's some ties today. Okay. I got, sorry. Uh, Sarah from the Facebook groups. <laughs> Shot my first wedding at a hall. It was a family member's wedding. Going into my second one, I'm hearing that some ministers have rules, as in some don't want you close to the altar. How do I find out about this? Ask the church. Ask the minister. Uh, I find it, I try to keep my distance from the minister, especially if it's a hardcore, super strict Catholic church. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like to live in a world where if I don't know the rules, then I can't have broken the rules. I had a wedding recently that was at a small church in a small town. And it was one of those churches where you're just like, I'm never going to come back here again. And they were like, you are only allowed to shoot from the very back of the church. Once the ceremony starts, you must move to the balcony. Once you are in the balcony, you are not allowed to move for the rest of the ceremony until the bride and groom walk out. 
And I heard all Once this. Once the bride and groom walk out, please jump off the balcony <laughs> to your death. Uh, I heard all this and I thought in my mind, I don't care if I ever come back here again. So once I got up to the balcony, I just moved around and shot wherever I wanted up there. But I did respect them enough to go up to the balcony. I don't advise uh, anybody else to do anything like what I just said. Uh, it was just one of those <laughs> situations where I was super stressed out because I was like, I'm not going to get the shots that I need to get. I'm already feeling like the shots are going to be great because I'm going to be stuck in the balcony. And I'm not, I'm not going to stay in one spot. And this is why churches hate photographers like me. We had a, uh, we have a wedding coming up in August and uh, it's the strictest church in all of Fort Wayne that I know of. Um, And there's some few that really come close to it, uh, but it's the only one that actually sends you out a contract prior to the wedding that you must sign or you're not allowed to take pictures during the ceremony. Um, And this year they added some things to it. Um, Like, uh, uh, you should prohibit laughing and loud talk during and before the ceremony in the sanctuary. And I was like, "Um, so we definitely don't want this to sound joyful. (laughs) This is a wedding. Nobody's supposed to be happy here. Right. Uh, Please uh, prohibit children from running around during the family portrait time. Oh, yeah, because the photographer is babysitting the children during the family portrait time. Jeez. Yep. Yeah, it was was so... It just went on and on. It was so ridiculous. And then the best part is, is where it says, like, sign. Underneath it says bride and groom. um, As if, like, the bride and groom are supposed to sign it. They were, like... So I think the bride and groom actually sign a copy of this too. And then they just send another copy for us to sign, but they don't even like switch out the name to photographer on it. So I don't, I'm not, that'd be I'm the not title, it, not man. the name. Right. Are you going to send them something back and just say, Hey, um, a lot of these things are out of my control. Um, I don't feel comfortable signing this because I can't promise you that people won't have fun and be joyful on the day. That's not something I can take care of. Well, the funny thing is, we didn't sign it last year. And so on uh, the copy they sent us this year, it says in big, bold letters, because you didn't sign it this year, you know, like that's why you're receiving this extra early before the wedding. Yeah, no, you need to talk to them because that's utterly ridiculous. Gosh, I'm sorry. I just, I cannot stand when churches take something that's supposed to be like a joyous, fun ceremony. And it's supposed to be about what the bride and groom want and about the relationship, like together in the relationship, if it's at a church typically with God. And instead of that, they're like, no, 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 no. We want to dictate exactly what happens here because we feel like you're not respecting God. And it's like, God's blessing this marriage, man. Come on. That's the whole reason. Okay, I'm going to cut all this out. This is going to sound so terrible. Everybody's going to think I'm so sacrilegious. <laughs> it just makes me so frustrated. Oh, I know. I know, buddy. Oh, does Sarah, Sarah, Sarah from the Facebook groups, get the minister's email address from the bride and groom. Just send him a quick email. You knock this out if, if they have any rules. If you don't get contacted ahead of time with rules, like Dustin got that uh, contract he had to sign, then you basically don't have to worry about this. And if they have anything to say to you, they'll tell you on the day. Just make sure you bring a telephoto with you in case you have to stay in the back, which has happened to Jen and I on multiple occasions. Yep, yep, yep. And always know that you can break all the rules if you never want to shoot there again. (laughs) Pretty much. Kind of how I live my life. Have you been blacklisted from anywhere? 
Uh, no, haven't been blacklisted that I know of. Uh, we did have a wedding at a small church that I could really care less if we go back to. They told us we had to stay. They told Corinne that we had to stay in the back, but no one ever told me that we had to stay in the back of the church. So I told her, well, no one told me this. So I'm going to go up a little bit closer and get some pictures. And then I th- you know, I was really happy with, you know, what we did. And the videographer stayed planted in the center aisle in the back of the church the entire time. So that's why I had to kind of go up front a little bit to get out of his way. Mm-hmm. And he, after the ceremony, the pastor came up to the videographer, like near us and said, Hey, I just want to thank you for how professional you were during that ceremony (laughs) and like shook his hand and everything. And then looked over at us and then walked away. Nice. I was like, I was like, Oh, and Crin was like a mess the rest of the day because she's like the most intense rule follower. And so to have anyone upset with her, even someone she'll never see again, uh, was like just destroying her on the inside. No, I get that, man. I get that. I'd I'd probably be destroyed too. Wow. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Dustin, here's a quick one. Claire from the Facebook groups. I have my first engagement session soon. Do you all have any tips, advice, or must have equipment? Um, a camera is always good. Um, a camera is know. always good, but you don't actually need the camera. See, when you're a photographer, the greatest tool you have is your mind. Mind over body. Yeah. So you can just show up with that mind and you'll be good. Right, Dustin? All the time, bud. That's how I like to approach all my engagement shoots. I paint them a word picture afterwards. Interesting. Just like describe to them how it went yeah. with words. The couple was standing in the center of the pavilion. The light behind them from the su- setting sun was casting just... A few, just a few rays of it was making it through the trees into the pavilion, perfectly backlighting them. And I said to the couple, now get real close and now smash your genitals together and pull your shoulders (laughs) real far back. Man, if only I had a camera. Now, uh, go ahead and have the groom get down on one knee and pretend like he's proposing. Oh, Steven, you're such a funny one. Oh gosh, we shouldn't record so, so close together again. Just makes me want to reference our last episode. Dustin, do you have any tips, advice, must-have equipment besides a camera? No, I mean, just find what, what what's comfortable for you and and get really, really familiar with it. And then just just bring that. And then I, I don't really have any, like, secret tools or toys. I'm not one of those photographers that totes around, like, jewelry boxes and mirrors and Dustin stuff. doesn't have any secret tools or toys he can tell you about in this free podcast. But if you're willing to buy his ebook, which comes out next month, <laughs> called Dustin's Secret Sauce. Dustin tells all. Oh, yeah. He'll give you all those <laughs> tips, secrets, everything you need. That sauce. Hey, Kevin Mack would like to join the wedding hangover group. Oh, hells yeah. Welcome to the group, Kevin Mack. <laughs> now he knows exactly when we recorded this. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. So, yeah, Steve, let's wrap it up. Get on, get out, get out. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, Kevin Mack, <laughs> with your host, Dustin and Steve. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at WedPick Hangover. If you want to join our Facebook group, just look for Wedding Hangover on Facebook. You can find Dustin on Instagram at Dustin McKibben and you can find Steve at Steven Van Elk. If you've been listening for a while and you feel moved by the spirit to send some positive vibes our way, we'd love it. 
if you left us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you can do that. It really helps us to find more listeners, which helps us to get more special guests who know more about photography than Dustin and me. Because Dustin and me, we don't know very much. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being is aching for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday, after you shoot another wedding. Another wedding. Cool beans, man. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool. Cool beans. Cool. Cool beans. You doing, doing anything fun this week? This week? Uh, possibly going to the Fort Wayne Zoo since I didn't go last week. Are you actually going to come visit me, man? Uh, oh, wait, no. Jen's going to the Fort Wayne Zoo. I'm staying home to edit some stuff so she can go and hang out with my sister. So possibly not going to Fort Wayne. <laughs> that's, just not, that's just not cool, man. It happens, buddy. I got a lot of work to do here at the house. Got to mow the lawn? Got to <laughs> go and climb? Yeah, I've been seeing you going there a lot lately. What's what's the deal with that? Uh, we got memberships. Uh, my, my brother works at a climbing gym and we decided to get memberships and go climbing. It's nice because then Ian and Nora get to see him more often. He, he lives like maybe 40 minutes away. Uh, he lives like down in Indianapolis proper and we live out here in Noblesville. So probably more like 30, 30 minutes away. With good traffic, but we just never seen him. But the climbing Jimmy works at, it's like halfway between our house and his house. So it's like, hey, we could just go hang out there for a while with him. And they're running like a super awesome deal. And as I told you guys earlier, the Kathy Van Elk way of buying things is you don't buy them unless there's a deal or a sale. So we went all in on that deal and we saw it. It's like all summer long, you can go as many times as you want and it only costs 90 bucks. Oh, wow. Is that is a really super good deal. cheap. So. I've been going a lot, and I, I absolutely love it. I'm scared of heights, though, so, you know, it gets a little scary when I'm getting up high. But, no, I, lo- I absolutely love it. They have some of the uh, repelling things there where you don't need somebody to belay you. It's an auto-belay. So you just snap in. You don't need to have, like, somebody else there watching you or whatever. And then they have, like, a lot of bouldering stuff you can do. So, like, you're, you're climbing, but you're low enough. There's, like, just pads, and you're okay. Like, you don't need to be harnessed in or anything. And you just, like, climb kind of, like, upside down and stuff and, like, try to get over things and stuff like that. It's real cool. I need to lose weight, though, so I can climb better. I need to get on that Dustin diet. Dustin, give me the deets on that diet right now on the pod. Come on. What are the Dustin deets? The Dustin secret sauce? The sauce? Uh, Or is that coming out in your ebook next month? Just no carbs, no uh, sugars. Well, I shouldn't say that. Very little carbs, very little sugars. Uh, It's near impossible to go completely carbless without going insane. But yeah, I'm uh, doing okay. I'm going to, I decided not to weigh myself today. Just, I don't know, just was feeling fat this morning. So I'm going to weigh myself tomorrow. Doesn't you don't look fat, buddy. You look great. Oh man, it's the glasses. They help. Mm -hmm. I think it's your whole demeanor. I think it's that smiling, winning attitude you have. Yeah, we'll see. Nervous to uh, see how long I can keep it up. Uh, so far, so good. You should talk to Harry Kane about that. Yeah. About keeping it up, Dustin. Yeah, that was a sex joke. To go back on all your sex jokes. Can't believe you talked about Harry like that. That's just insulting. The boy who came. <laughs> Poor Harry. Poor Harry. Poor That's Harry. That's five goals um, in this World Cup already. Five goals in two games. It's amazing. See, while you're busy watching soccer, I have eight houses I have to photograph this week, one of which was today. How'd they go? And I'm sitting here because the couple the couple requested a twilight shot 
of their backyard because they built like this I, w- I almost want to call it a stage it's like a deck mm-hmm. but it has like a, a huge pergola type covered roof thing uh, and then they've got like all these like strung lights and so before i got there the realtor called me and he's like they really want this like almost night shot of their backyard but i can't afford to pay you to come out twice you do some photoshop magic and like make it look like nighttime in the backyard so while we were recording tonight that's what i've been doing and now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, this just looks fake as hell. <laughs> Anytime you try to use like a day to night, night to day sort of thing, it always looks real bad. Uh, yeah. The the trick is to paint in a yellow glow in all the windows, but yet do it in a way where it just looks like there's lights on inside the house and not like they put up, you know, yellow windows, orange, <laughs> orange gels on all the windows. <laughs> It looks it looks really fake, but so I keep constantly like darkening and darkening and darkening things. But yeah, hey, you know what? Before we forget, um, we shared that uh, thing Louis shared earlier about the family members and stuff, um, and anything yeah. they've ever done to embarrass you with your photography business. Uh, if you if you got the time, head over to the Facebook group and leave a story. And uh, if we get like a bunch of really awesome stories, we'll share some of them on future podcast coca-cola or we won't or we won't yeah if 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 we only get like one awesome story and the rest are all duds we just won't share i'm joking we i mean we probably won't be able to share all of them but we share a few sounds good cool i gotta photograph a house in about seven hours so i will doing some uh dawn shots instead of dusk shots no it's just i have to get all the houses i need to do tomorrow before it rains oh yeah uh i had an engagement shoot canceled tomorrow because of the rain Mm. Isn't that like kind of a good but yet bad feeling where it's like you're like bummed because you know you'll have to reschedule it, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, free time that I didn't know I was going to have. Yeah. Free time that I might spend in Fort Wayne. Perfect. You can come shoot some houses with me, Steve. If there's money involved, I'll come. (laughs) I just want that to be on a shirt. If there's money involved, I'll come. Thanks. Have a great night. (laughs) That's all. That's all, folks. You've never greased your nuts? It's a, no, I grease my nuts all the time, buddy. Come on. This is America. (laughs) Wedding Photo Hangover is edited by Steve Van Elk from Bespoke Tone. You can hit up Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, or audio editing needs. Woo-wee.